Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. Welcome to Love and Hate Radio, where we put the fun and dysfunction on. We're going to do some crazy things. Wait, what am I talking about? We have no idea what we're doing or why we're invited back every week. Because we fuck hay bales and stuff like that, so... Love and Hate Radio is brought to you by Valentine Entertainment with your host, Brandon Valentine. Everyone always loves the stupid fat guy, and that's me! And your co-host, Beej Valentine. Oh, spin my nipple nuts and send me to Alaska. You're not the professionals, okay? And we are back with a new episode of Love and Hate Radio. Uh, With the president of NWCZ Radio, Big D. And janitor. And janitor. Don't forget that. Yeah. (laughs) House cleaner. Everything. (laughs) Bill payer. Yeah. Oh, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're doing good. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing good. pretty good. So is that mom? Is that mom at the beginning? Who's 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 the female it's, lead on uh, that? Rachel Lorendo. She's oh, a, okay. she's a local comedian. She was in here on I think the second or third episode. Oh, okay. And I had her record that because the original first like two times it was me and it was horrible. So I've heard it. Before. I mean, I, I listen and I've heard. It. I just was I was never familiar with who it was, so yeah. I wasn't sure if that was you know. Sweetie Pie or who that no, was? Like I said, that was that was Rachel Lorando. She happened to be in here one episode. Has mom has mom ever come in no. and no? She doesn't talk on a mic. No, I can't get her on a mic for. She talk to Mike <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> but yeah, I can't get her on the. I've tried to get her to come in and be on the radio. She won't do stuff. it. She uh, when we were on Puddin's show like one time and she said like two words. Oh yeah, and she just she doesn't want to. It's nothing she wants to do. With. So I'm like okay. So we're playing dead people today. Yes. Yeah, guess so. <laughs> I got a, I have a, a weird connection to Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Do you? Oh, yeah. Um, so I was adopted as a baby. Mm. Actually, there's three weeks of my life that are completely unaccounted for. Oh. So I, I, I think I was abducted and then dropped back down because I have like, there's just nobody knows where I went. <laughs> so, yeah, it happens. <laughs> it does. And I grew up. You know, I was born in Houston, right by NASA. I think they tested me for a while they and then said, for a bit. Oh, "Yeah, right. give it to the fireman and his wife." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, three years ago, uh, my wife and sh- she's a uh, she's a super sleuth, mm-hmm. and uh, with all this DNA testing and everything. Now, in my three times in my life, I have really tried hard to find my parents. Yeah. And uh, but there was no internet, no DNA, and all that stuff, and it always dead ended. Anyway, make a long story short, I found my mom. Oh wow! I found my biological mom three years ago, and everything, and we get along really well, and it's fantastic. That's awesome. And but be- right before we found her, uh, my wife had the my father DNA match down to five guys. Okay, and she said. Two of them are most likely. The other three are strong DNA. You're, you're related to them somehow. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, I was like, well, I'll take over from here. And so I took all the names, and I was tracking them down. Well, one of them, they're all from Houston, obviously. And yeah. They're all from Texas, and they're all scattered about. And one of the guys, I found him on Facebook. Hmm. And, you know, so he's like, you know, 70 or whatever now. And in his photos, 
was a ton of photos. Like I'm talking family photos of he and in this in his groups, Kenny Rogers. Oh wow! Was in all these photos. So I was like, wow, he's either like a manager. I couldn't figure it out. Is he a manager? Is he in biz- music? You know. So anyway, I through I found a phone number to one of his grandkids. Mm-hmm. Called them and said, told them my story, and they're like, yeah, oh, I think he'll talk to you. So I finally got a hold of him. Turns out he's not my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I asked him. I said, so I, I noticed on Facebook, you and your family. A lot of pictures of you guys and Kenny Rogers. Like, what's the story there? Well, his he married Kenny Rogers' sister. Oh. oh. So Kenny Rogers was his brother-in-law. Oh, that'd be crazy. Kenny Rogers from Houston. No, oh, yeah. Hmm. Maybe he's your dad. No. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, please. Yes, please, please, please. Oh, yeah, no. Maybe I hit the lotto here. No, I did end up finding my biologic father, which was n- none of the five. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it usually is. <laughs> and he had been dead Damn. for years and... Uh, so that's a whole other story. But wow. I was really close to being related biologically. Well, no, it would have been through marriage. It would have been through marriage, but still. But still, probably could have got a free ticket. Probably. I would say I've seen him twice in my life. Uh, the very first concert I ever went to, um, I think I was 10. You saw 11. Kenny Rogers? Yeah. And I was like 10 or 11. And my mom, my dad, me and my one of my my brother and one of my sisters that was oh, your first concert ever. It was ever. my first concert. I was like 10 Do you remember who opened for him? Dolly Parton. Hmm. Oh, she opened. Was this during the Islands of the Stream time? I think so. It was like they kind of, she opened and then he came out and it was at the Tacoma Dome mm. and it was a New Year's show. show. New Year's and the Eve. reason I remember it so well is because Kenny Rogers screwed up like three times and had to start over the countdown. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was drunk. <laughs> Probably. So, but he I mean, known it was, to do that. So I like the early Kenny Rogers. It would have been mid eighty, mid eighties. I saw like, him. I've seen him twice as well. Um, I saw him once. So my dad was a firefighter. I said that, and every year down in Houston, growing up, this was in the seventies and mm-hmm. the eighties. The Houston Firefighters Credit Union would have a huge summer bash for all yeah. the firefighters and the families, and it was a big all-day affair. And then in the evening, they would move into this big auditorium, which is called Hoffbein's, and uh, they would have these presentations and give all the kids a, a silver dollar. Mm-hmm. They'd trot us up on stage, and then there would be a performer. And my first show ever was Tom Jones at that event. Oh, wow. Hmm. And But Kenny Rogers performed one year. Willie Nelson performed one year. They always get brought in top dudes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, because, and actually, I say Kenny Rogers was my first, but I don't know. For, it was either him or Waylon. Because I did see Waylon oh. when I was really young too, but I don't know how old I was. So your was. folks were country music fans. Uh, my folks, my mom was a huge Kenny Rogers, like loved Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Uh, but my uncle was a huge Waylon fan. He was a huge country fan. And okay. He even like had, played country music. He oh, never yeah. made it anywhere, but he tried to. Nice. And he, uh, it was like a camp. Yes, you know, back in the day, they used mm-hmm. to have the big summer bash Festivals, and Waylon yeah. Waylon was there so I remember but I don't know how old I was that could have been before or after Kenny I don't remember but hmm. but my mom was huge Who's, what was the Kenny. first rock band you saw Nirvana well technically Helmet because I wanted to see Helmet I didn't how care about Nirvana I am 42 and your first rock show would have been in the 90s yeah because really? my parents weren't into it oh. not until I could drive oh. I mean I didn't go and it was actually I think I was 14 and it was Nirvana, it was just as they hit. Mm. And um, 
helmet open for him, and I had no idea who Nirvana was. I didn't care about Nirvana. I wanted to see Helmet. I love Helmet. Oh, yeah, they're great. And seeing them was amazing. Those pits, I broke my leg in a helmet. Where, where was this at? It was at... Showbox? No, it was at the... Uh, Mercer Arena? The other, there was a Coliseum. Oh, the Coliseum. I think. I was really high. It was the first time I smoked pot, too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You, you might not even have been Seattle. Yeah, could have been Portland. Could have been, yeah. Vancouver. I went with a, a, a neighbor of my brother's. I think I was 14. So it was that was my first. But then after that, I got into the the Seattle, the music scene quite a bit. And Brunch I went scene to, at the time. I used to go down and see uh, the OK, go down to the OK Hotel. Yeah. They had a little room in the back. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, you. Sometimes it was nobody. Other times I saw Allison Chains there. Yeah. In a room no bigger than this studio. Oh, yeah. No, that, that was that was the thing back then. Yeah. There was I that, the Crocodile, there was a couple of them. I lived in West Seattle at the time, and we had the uh, Hollywood Underground, which was under, it's still there, but it's a pool room or whatever, but it's underneath Easy Street. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they all rolled through there. Yeah. You know, because they were local bands. They weren't, they were not big bands at the time. No. I yeah. saw Pearl Jam when they were Mookie Blaylock. Oh, wow. That was their original name. Yeah, because that was their original name. Yeah. I mean, I can, because I remember uh, Painting the Grass. When painting the grass was real. I mean, when, when it was when a it real thing, be, I know. When it was a thing, you know, where you went. <laughs> where to, it was at the Seattle Center, yeah. and that little stage underneath the the Space Needle. Yeah. And I oh, I saw Mud Honey there. I saw a bunch of local. You'd go see their well, that's what it was. Bands. Yeah, it was a showcase for local up and coming bands. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was really involved in that scene. I I was I've been very fortunate in my life as far as music goes. I was in L.A. during the uh, early 80s when the punk scene really oh, took that hold. Cool. So I uh, like Generation X, um, Sushi and the Banshees, U2, oh. Clash. Uh, I would have loved to have seen almost all those. Uh, Wendy O. I saw her get arrested on stage <laughs> uh, for exposing herself. Um, yeah, so Nowadays, I was there. Normal. I was up here in the 90s when all of that hit. And when I was young, I was, uh, you know, I was down and I was down south when Southern Rock first well, was pretty big in the 70s. Wow. Uh, I saw Leonard Skinner before the plane wreck. Oh, wow. So when they were all there. When they were all there. Yeah. Huh. I saw ZZ Top in a room no bigger than this. I saw Steve Ray Vaughn in a room smaller than this. Wow. His, and he wasn't called Steve Ray. He's called Little Steven. <laughs> Little Steven? Little, Little Steven. Steven. But then he had to change. And he wasn't wearing a fedora. He was wearing a beret. And he was just on a, he was in the corner, he was on a little box, and he had a little little amp, and it was just him on a guitar. He wasn't even singing, he was just playing. Oh. That was in Austin, it was a, it was actually a hamburger joint. That would have been awesome, he was, yeah. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking much, because the only concert I remember going to was... You've been to a lot more, you just can't <laughs> remember him. He, well, he was at Rob Zombie, I took him to Rob Zombie and Corn. What did you think ago? of that? Yeah, that was around four years ago. It was pretty good, but like... Can't understand a word zombie Rob says on stage. Mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, no. It was it was weird, though. Like, it was kind of... I think I was high by the end of the night, just <laughs> from secondhand oh, smoke. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah that's when, I, when I started my job, because before I started what I do now, yeah. and we have random drug tests, I didn't really care about it. And I go to concerts, and I used to go to a lot of local shows. And um, I had a radio show, and the guy who followed me was, uh, it was a reggae show. Mm-hmm. And so, because I was in tight with the grunge scene, and he was in tight with the reggae scene, and we knew all the promoters and everything, we'd swap tickets, right? 
Oh, yeah. mm. So if a really good group like Steel Pulse or, I don't know, Ziggy Marley or somebody was coming into town, he'd, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd hook me up. Well, when I started working for my for the company I'm at, yeah. that's the first thing I asked him was like, well, let's say I'm at a concert. Because I've been to reggae shows where you couldn't see the stage. You couldn't walk oh, yeah. into the bathroom because it's, like it's, like it's like a Turkish bath. Yep. Because it's Ooh. just dudes lighting it up. You can't, that doesn't happen anymore. Oh, yeah, no. But back in yeah. the day when you could smoke in a venue, holy crap. Hmm. Every, oh, na- yeah. and every now and then you're at a show, you can see somebody lighting up. It's, but it's not that much. No. But back in the day, oh. Oh, I remember it. Yeah. It, was, it was like a haze. Yeah. I remember I seeing remember. the Black Crows on their initial tour. And this was at the Mercer Arena. Do you remember the Mercer oh, yeah. Arena, the little box? Yep. I think it's still there. I just don't think they use it. I thought they maybe. I thought they tore it down when they put in that um, when they put in the Opera House over there, the McCall Hall. I'm pretty oh, sure they might that's have. Part, I'm pretty sure that's it. But I saw a lot of great shows there, and the Black Crows came to town on their you know hard to handle tour. It's got to be 1990, I think, and and the Seattle scene was starting to hop. Yeah. And so it was a, it was a, an amazing star-studded night. People from Pearl Jam got on stage. People from Nirvana got on stage. People from Grunt Truck got on stage. By the end of it, it was like a big Grateful Dead jam. It was crazy. Oh, wow. But you couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it was... That box was just fog. And it, and it wasn't smoke. It was... Well, it was ganja smoke. I can remember going to the concerts and seeing that, where it was like pretty much no ventilation you'd be in the system. second or third row, no. and it was just you couldn't see nothing. You had to go, and there was very few seats up there, but there was that balcony that kind of, but yeah. you're just looking down into, it was like trying to land in London yeah. during a fog storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's brutal. I remember a lot like that, especially if you went to, those kind of shows are basically you hotbox the show. I mean, you didn't have to bring weed because there was oh, so no. much. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, there was there was a few um, that I went to like that. I had a, I got lucky when I was younger because the music scene that was going on, there was a lot of concerts here that you could go oh, to, it was and they the weren't day. that expensive. Rock Candy, Sit and Spin, OK yeah. Hotel, Ballard Firehouse. I mean, I could go on and on. Oh, there yeah. was a venue. There were two venues on every corner. Yeah. Under the rail. They were uh, everywhere. They were everywhere, man, and they were great. They were mm. all good. Nowadays, and, you can pay 250 bucks for the cheap seats to see Rage, and I'm like, hmm. Well, I mean, nowadays there are there's hardly any venues left. No, there isn't, and I mean that was what was cool was back then is you had so many. I mean, I remember seeing so many good concerts. I saw Nine Inch Nails multiple times. I've always loved Trent nice. Reznor. Um, my favorite thing that ever <laughs> I guess it sounds bad to say my favorite thing, the craziest thing that ever happened. I got pulled out of the pit at a Nine Inch Nails show because I was bleeding too much. <laughs> <laughs> the guard said I had to go clean up or I could not stay in the pit because I was they, I was bleeding too much. We got kicked out of the pit at a Reverend Horton Heat show at the. Uh, this is my ex-wife. It was at the uh, Showbox downtown, and the mosh pit. This was in the '90s, and the mosh pit was so intense, and um, and she was wearing this, you know, like I'll just say the little black dress. Yeah, and she had uh, she had. Kind of fishnet stockings on and high heel shoes, and she, and she loved it. She was getting thrown around like a rag doll. But the but uh, the, the bouncers were concerned for her, and so and and I was holding her so that she wouldn't get too trashed. And they were like, "You, you, you got to get out because we're yeah. we're afraid that you're gonna." Yeah, die. I had a because when it happened to me, it was at the Paramount, 
Uh, and you know, the pit at the Paramount was pretty much just an orchestra pit. That's it all was it tiny. Is. And uh, although someone, now, have you been there? Now they move no. all the seats back. Oh no, I haven't. Yeah, oh, they I've can actually take all the lower level seats out. I've been to two shows there where oh. there were no seats except for the balcony and a few on the side. Wait, that didn't we go cool. to the Paramount like last year? Yeah, but that was for a normal show. It wasn't for uh, a rock, yeah. show. rock show. But uh, when I was there, what happened? A guy fell in front of me. And so, of course, what you do is you reach down to grab him. Oh, yeah, you got to. So I grabbed him by the, you know, right underneath the armpits. And as he got to a point where he could put his feet down, he jumped. And I had, oh. bra- I had braces across the top of that time. Oh. So his, oh. ba- his back of his head went straight into my face. Right so into my braces. Like, you look like Gigi Allen oh, after yeah. a show. So there was just blood coming down my face, <laughs> down, the, yep, down the front of my shirt. Ah, yeah, you're and, out. Yeah, they, they pulled me out because I was bleeding too much. You're and I was pissed because I didn't have... My tickets were for the balcony. I had jumped from the balcony at the, during the first song to get down there. And I'm like... How do I get back up? Yeah, how do I get down back down there? Because now they're waiting for me because they tried to get me before when I jumped. Got to go clean up. Yeah. Go to triage. <laughs> hope, uh, yeah. hope there's a long encore. Yeah. So you ever been in a fight at a show? Not a full-on fight. I have knocked somebody out at a show, but by accident. No, it was On actually purpose. Uh, me and a buddy were at one of the old Enfest shows that used to be out at K- the Kitsap County Fairgrounds, right. and this was '95, '94, '95, one of the first couple years, and um, someone punched my girlfriend. Just out of the blue. Just out of the they... blue. I mean, we were right by the pit, and they he was in swing. it, and he took a swing and actually punched her in the head. And me and a buddy both saw it as we were jumping around in the pit, and we came from the opposite sides and elbowed him in the. I elbowed him in the face, and he elbowed him in the back of the head. Nice. And the Nobody guy pretty it. much just. Oh no! Everyone saw it. They cheered and kept going while he was security. Just, though the security nope. didn't. Security didn't care. Nice. But yeah, everyone in the crowd cheered because he was just taking swings at everybody. So we just oh, yeah. dropped Wait, him. There's no that. That's crowd control. You got to yeah. weed those dudes out. Yeah. So we dropped him. So yeah, that's the only thing I've really been in a fight was just kind of that was you know. Knocking him. Well, that's out. a good fight. That's yeah. a good concert fight. Yeah, I actually have a friend that for a while like offered to take me to concerts to like make sure he stayed clean, but like we never actually did it, and now he's in rehab. Yeah, we don't know when he's going out. So when he's getting out. Now they're streaming concerts. You can just watch yeah, them. Yeah, you can just the, watch them. Yeah. it's not the same though. It's like, and it's no. weird too because I mean, even now it might you know because we've ran into each other at a couple concerts. You know, you know. We have. But uh, it's, it's unplanned. Not yeah, unplanned. It's not the same. I mean, when we were younger, when you no. get down in the pit, I've tried getting in the pit now, and I'm like, no, I'm too old for this. Not only is, are we too old, it's a whole different mindset. Oh, it there. is. It's not even what the old pit used to be. No. It's just guys twirling in circles and, and bouncing off each other. Yeah, no, and then no. there's usually one big dude in there that's tossing dudes around like dwarves. That's all <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, it's not the... Yeah, no. we used to have fun in it. Oh, it was a communal thing. Yeah. You know, and not to sound like, oh, back in the day, but yeah. it truly was different. No, People were was. flip, you know, doing flips. They'd jump on stage and dive in, body surf for a while. Well, uh, a lot you know, there's of always some dude upside down with yep. his sneakers flopping around. And it's just, it was ambiance. It was good stuff. It was. I mean, it's also. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. is. But it's. Uh, not that I know. Not that I know either. But uh, like my daughter, uh-huh, she yeah. goes to these raves. And I'm like, that's not a real rave. No. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, raves are not sponsored by Monster. No. A rave was literally, I mean, I remember you had to, you got those little cards. Yeah. And then you'd have to call, you know, what was it, like an hour before? And they'd, yeah. they'd give you an address. And they wouldn't give you the address to like an hour before it was supposed to start. I know. And if you missed it. And if you missed it, you missed it. But you, you went and you went there and you partied until a cop showed up. 
And there were lots of drugs. Oh, yeah. And lots of creepy old dudes and lots of people having massive, like, crazy sex. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I used to uh, I used to drive late at night. Yeah. Drive the bus late at night on weekends. And I'd come out of downtown heading into the Soto District. And I'd be at, like, I don't know, I'd say, like, first in Jackson or... You know, somewhere little, just slightly south of downtown, and there'd be a line of kids with, you know, fairy wings and the 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 the, the pacifiers and paint yep. and all this stuff, and they'd all get on the bus, kind and I'm like, like it's like it's like 11:30 at night. Where are you guys all going? Oh, <laughs> it's going. We're going to a rave, and I drop them off in in soto where there were a bunch of burnt out warehouses mm-hmm. and they would all disappear into the warehouses and you know then i don't know like i'd roll by later at like two in the morning or whatever and there'd be a few of them getting on or if somebody had busted it they'd all be getting on yeah but no they would just set up shop mm-hmm. there was no sponsor there was no ticket yeah. sales there was no it was like you either knew or you didn't it was super secret yep. and they just Literally broke into places, yeah. set up equipment, and went. Yeah, and then, like I said, you partied until the cops showed up. Yeah. And usually there was usually some lookouts that would be uh, somewhere around. They'd be like, cops, and then scatter. everything would just scatter. Yeah. I, mean, I should get a soundbite about cops. You should. <laughs> but, uh, Good so, cop, I mean, have a donut. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, it was so different. Uh, the music scene was so different around here. Like you said, there was so well, many it's different... Well, it's very, it's very controlled, yeah. very stale. That's why I always laugh whenever I go to a show at, like, the Tacoma Dome or Paramount or in Portland or Vancouver. And, you know, it always starts at the same time. Yep. And then the band gets up there and they're like, the louder you are, the longer we're going to play. And it's like, no, you'll be done at 11. Because you have to be. You have to be. The only time you still see it, there are a few small venues, clubs. small clubs left. But like the one, what I think El Corazon's on its way out, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. El Corazon's on its way out because I think they, that building. I was at sold. a Reverend Horton Heat show in Olympia about a month or so ago, and it went till one. Yeah. Because I know El that's Corazon's, old school. El Corazon will keep going until like the band. Have you ever done. been in there with the lights on? Oh, it's that is a disgusting place. I, the only thing holding that place up is the gunk and the crap. Yeah. I don't think they've ever vacuumed it. Have you ever oh, looked on. up at those swamp coolers? I mean, the oh. the dust on there is as thick as that, as that couch. Oh yeah. You can't <laughs> even see the fan. No. It's so gross in there. I can't. Oh, I just can't stand it in there. I say, who did I? I saw a throw kill there a couple times. And I then stopped I, going there. I used. To, I've seen great shows there, but the last man. one that I went to, I, I saw. What was it? Uh, the, the chick from Bitchin' Kitchen, she started a band called the the Menstrators. That wasn't too bad. It was it was a punk band, and we we the other show I do, we Nerdish, we got invited to the show with a press pass right. to go interview them afterwards, and we sat down, had a full. It's on. We even put it on YouTube a full video of us sitting there talking to them for like an hour and interviewing the the members of Menstrators. So yeah, that's good which stuff. was cool. I mean, that's cool. I, I if it was. But still. Oh yeah, it's nasty because we were in there when they turned on the You've lights. You been kicked out of places. You ever oh, been kicked yeah. out? I got kicked out of uh, the showbox for for being drunk. Actually, my buddy was drunk and we both got kicked out. So. Oh, so you're guilty by association. I was guilty by association, and it was <laughs> yeah. my my buddy was pissed because he paid for the tickets. It was the see you later tour. 
for ministry. Right. And we had the $150 piece VIP passes. Did you, was the meet and greet before or after? After. (laughs) So we got kicked out. Dumbasses. We got kicked out. Always get kicked out after you've met the band. Yeah, so we got kicked out. It's like Concert 101. During the opening band. We never even got to see them play because we got kicked out during the opening band. Dude, the worst I ever saw. And I've seen lots of guys, you know, lots of people carted out, kicked out, and everything. 1994, I think. 94, 96, I, I can't remember. Uh, the last tour of Pink Floyd. The last tour they ever did. Yeah. And they didn't play here. They played Vancouver at the BC place. No opening band. This is this was the Delicate Sound of Thunder tour. It was epic. Probably the greatest show I've ever seen. Uh, I had like 18th row in the middle on the floor like it was the absolute sweet spot there was a guy two rows behind me because uh, you know they let you in like an hour before the show yeah and so we're all sitting there and this guy two rows behind us is so messed up so completely blotto that he's annoying everybody and the, the security came over and told him hey man you know you're gonna have to calm down and he got in a fight with them, and they hauled him out, and he never saw the show. And mind you, 1990, whatever this was, four, six, somewhere. Yeah. 75 bucks the ticket. Wow. Back then. That's a, yeah. That was, I mean, that was big. We, we would take to pay more than 20 bucks per ticket back then. Uh, right. No, this was, this was the most I had ever spent ever on a yeah. ticket to a show. But Pink Floyd, yeah, I can see it. Oh, it was amazing. Oh, it was, um, yeah, that was you know probably, it's definitely in my top three, and it's probably the greatest. Yeah, I was going to say, amazingly, what a lot of people are surprised, my one of my top sh- uh, concerts was Secure. Oh, which one? Which which? It tour? was at the Gorge in like '96 or '97. Yeah, that was a, that was a really good show. And it was just them. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. And then were you there with the what? They came back for five or six encores. Yeah. And then Robert Smith did the, they did a, guitar battle between him and the guitarist, and Robert Smith smoked him, so the guitarist threw his guitar at him and walked off. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. A lot of people don't realize he's a really good guitar player. Oh, Robert Smith is amazing. And it was one of because, we didn't buy tickets, and then all of a sudden my buddy worked at Ticketmaster. And like two days before the show, he's like, they just opened up more seats. I can get us eighth row center stage. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you're, you're buying those. And he's like, do you want to know how much they cost? No. no. Just buy them. I'll, I will mortgage my first child. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, at this point, I'll sell my I'll, body for those. But I mean, it's, right. yeah. I'll get plasma for 10 months in a row. Yeah. I mean, it was, and I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, yeah, being did that you see close, this last tour they did? No, I didn't. I was, oh, it was, it was just as good, if, if not better. Oh. And now, and it was all outdoors. Yeah. Because, uh, and I saw it twice. I saw it in Vancouver and I saw it in, um, in Portland. Yeah. And it was all outdoor venues. Now, uh, rumors are, uh, Robert Smith said that they're, of course, I don't know about now with all the coronavirus stuff, but they're putting together an epic indoor show with all the lights, bells, and whistles and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'll be there. I was like, because the only ones I've seen them is outdoors. But I'm yeah, the other one I've that I've never I, seen them indoor either. But I've, I, seen, I've seen video of them indoor, and it's and I've heard it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like Depeche Mode, oh, indoor, outdoor. It's a completely different. I show. saw them at the Coliseum 
in like 95 or 96. And I was a huge Depeche Mode fan. Yeah. I owned every single one of their albums. I mean, I, I even owned the box sets. I still have the box sets. And actually, I've been offered quite a bit of money for those. But yeah. You have the singles box set. That, yes. That's the one. I have, because they had one, two, three, four, and five of them. Right. Five of them, and I have all five. Nice. Mm-hmm. But one of them is in really bad shape, though. I, think I have every album, one. and I have the box. I have a couple of the box sets in CDs. I didn't get them in album form, but oh, I just had them in CD. But yeah, oh yeah. I don't even. I don't even know if they released them in album. But I have all their album albums. Oh, see, I wish yeah, I had those. Vinyl. I had the CDs. I I love Depeche Mode. I was a huge fan of theirs. Yeah. So. Uh, one of my, you know, and I'm not a really big live concert video guy, like sitting down and watching video. But their Across the Universe tour, the DVD of it. Is the probably the one of the one of the best recorded concerts I've ever seen. See, I always liked the one they had the one oh one. The Mode 101. Yeah, that was uh, good. That was a really good one. I had that V told I had the VHS tape of that. So and it was it was a, one of my favorites. The the what was the song uh, Everything Counts. Yeah. Where they kept that song going for almost nine minutes. Right. What's your favorite the, Depeche Mode song? One caress. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, one crest. I, I always, and I know a lot of like real fans would be mad, I always like the ones that Martin Gore sa- sang better. Oh, no, he's got a great voice. Yeah. I mean, Dave Gahan, I loved him, but Martin Gore, some of his songs. Yeah, were and just, they complimented each other yeah, really well. They did. I like I like Walking in My Shoes. That's one, oh, of, that's my, another that's good one. one of my top ones. That's off the same album. Yeah. Yeah, it's one In My Room. It's good. Yep, they know. had some good ones. But, um,. Yeah. <laughs> it's Rocky the Wonder Dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Rocky decided he wants to go out. So, yep. oh, sorry, Beach. We're all talking about stuff you don't know anything about. Yeah, we're we're, we're it's old. All school. before my time. Yeah, all before your time. Way before your time. Yep. Because you're what? Exactly. We were born in 2002. Yeah. I'm, Holy smokes! I remembered. You yeah, were there. Too. I was. I was. <laughs> you I was were there, there before it happened. I was. I, I kind of made it happen. <laughs> so, so in 2020, um, what shows are you going to? Uh, none. Or who, or who do you listen to? Like, what's the none? Because there's coronavirus. <laughs> well, no, of course not now. But yeah. I mean, in your in the last five years, are you, do you are you a concert goer? Not really. Like, his generation is raised it? him wrong. His generation really isn't. I mean, I like I said, I took him to, to Zombie and Corn, which he he was okay with. Well, you have to he, start taking him to like some of the classic stuff. Yeah, and it took a while because part of the problem was he had a, a, a real big thing with loud noises for a long uh, time. Well, that, so well, you can go back in the back. Yeah, because we took him when he was like a year old. We went to a Mark Chestnut concert at the Piaf Fair, and I ended up having to leave the concert with him and go do other stuff because he. Just That's so funny. How old were you? You were one. Yeah. Because I my my oldest daughter, <clears throat> I started trucking her along with me because I, I I would I would I've always been a massive concert goer. But when I got into radio and got and especially up here and got to know, you know, all the promoters and stuff. I mean, I could pretty much just make a call and go to anything. Yeah. I I started. Tr- bringing her along with us and she went to uh black crow show oh. loved it she went i uh, took her to, she doesn't even remember this because she was you know one or younger yeah. around between one and two somewhere in there uh i took her to tori amos oh that'd be a good uh, yeah that was her. great i took her to uh well there was a killer show it was a showcase show and it was at the moore theater and it was pearl jam nirvana Allison Chains, 
Mud Honey. Wow. Girl Trouble. Talk about tolling. And there were two other bands. It was like it was called like seven, seven. It was something seven. It was seven bands that were picked to leave to blow up. Hmm. And, and it was, it was it was it was a it was a it was a showcase put on by a local promoter. Oh wow! And it was it was loud and it was insane and it was a great show. Yeah. See, he always had a thing with loud noises. Like I said, Mark Chestnut. So technically, your first concert was Mark Chestnut. And then go. he went and saw George. He was probably about four or five, and we saw George Strait. And that one he was okay with. I. <laughs> I almost managed George Strait. Oh. What? Yeah, you should have. It's a really strange story. Um, is this anything like Veg's story about? Uh, no, <laughs> nothing like. No, George is a great guy. Oh yeah. Well, I've, what I love. I've with crossed his. paths with George twice in my life. Yeah, in there was weird nothing. Circumstances, which made it amazing. Just him, a stage, and his guitar. Oh really? He didn't have the Ace in the Hole band. I think he did for part part of the show. They would come out a little bit. Where was this show at? It was a Tacoma Dome. Oh yeah. But the way they set it up, too, was he was, like, in the center. In the round. In the round. And you, like, everyone around him. And it was, for most of the show, it was just him and his guitar. Yeah, George Strait. I knew George Strait before he became a nationwide. He was a Texas. He just yeah. he was just doing stuff around Texas. Hmm. And I was working on a little station in Gonzales, Texas. And he came in and was playing the Herman Sons Hall, which is... It's a little dance hall. Yeah. That's the circuit he was on. Mm-hmm. But he he had a bunch of his hit songs. They just weren't hit songs at the time. Like Amarillo by Morning. Yeah. Um, he didn't it wasn't all my exes, but there his first album he was playing, but it wasn't on the radio. Yeah. Right? Nobody'd heard it yet. Right. So uh, I had him on and we interviewed him and I was chatting with him and I had managed a couple of bands. And he was, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm in between managers. Um, you know, you seem to know a lot of people, whatever. Would you be interested? And I mean, I was literally, I was seriously like 19. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to, you know, thanks. Man. I, you don't know, you know, he's yeah. just this guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to college and I, you know, I'm not even, I'm only here for a short time. And so, you know, I probably wouldn't do you justice and. Blah blah blah. And he he was just talking about booking Texas stuff. Yeah. Well, the next summer, so I went to LA, came back. The next summer, uh, I got a call from a buddy of mine, and he said George Strait has just been signed by MCA. I think it was MCA, and they're having a launch party at the University of Austin, and it is it's it's the send off. He, he, they, they're thinking he's going to be the next big thing. And I was like, really? Okay, cool. So we show up and it's at this, um, it's where the basketball team plays. It's, yeah. it's a, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Heckhead Pavilion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sold out. A lot of people there, but it wasn't sold out. And a lot of record execs there and stuff, a lot of handshaking and everything. And a week later, he was number one on the country charts and he never right. looked back insane oh. second story with george Strait, real quick my my youngest brother he was also adopted he died at 18 he died in a car wreck mm-hmm. and this was in gonzalez texas and i didn't know this but at the same time george Strait's daughter passed away she had she died in some sort of incident 
My mom and my dad were having my brother's tombstone done at the local, you know, t- whatever the guy, yeah. whatever he is, whatever you call those guys, tombstone, tombstone guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we get a call one day from the tombstone guy, and he says, "Hey, there's a gentleman here who's, because uh, my I was married at the time, freshly married. No, she was my she was my girlfriend at the time, and she was a a writer, a songwriter, very talented." And she had written this poem that they were going to put on the back of his tombstone. Mm-hmm. So tombstone guy calls this is a gentleman here who's really interested in this poem would like to put it on his daughter's tombstone. And my mom says, well, I don't know. That was written for my son and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then the guy goes, well, you know, I didn't want to tell you, but it's George Strait. And I'm like, are you mom? Do it. Do, like sign a deal. Yeah, we get you know lifetime passes to shows. We get to visit his <laughs> ranch, you know whatever. It's George Strait. She turned him down flat. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how dumb is George? It wasn't trademarked it, and yeah. published. You could have just stole it. Like anybody could walk up now and write, copy it down and put it somewhere. You know, it just but it also shows that's who George Strait is. Oh, he's Strait class. Is. I mean, he's he's class. class all the way. He's a really like nice I said. Guy. I mean, I I don't think I. If you would have told me that the show I was going to was just going to be. A guy sitting up there with his guitar, and that was it. I would have been like, "Yeah, you go." But George Strait, see I'm Willie going. Nelson do it really well. Oh yeah, and that's it. But I, it's kind of one of those I things. I mean, real well. It depends on who it is. I yeah. mean, there's some oh, yeah, like, no, George yeah, Strait. Sure. Yeah, I'm there because I mean, part of it too is his movie, Pure, Pure Country. Pure Country. Me and my, me and my wife, every Memorial Day weekend, we watch it. Oh yeah. <laughs> because we, our first like real date as adults. That wasn't like, you know, whatever. We actually went away for a weekend. Right. We sat in the hotel room and watched it. That's a, that's a really good movie. And, and I whole, mean, George Strait's, he's yeah. a, he, he is an amazing, amazing artist, performer. Yeah. Good and the whole writer. trip we had, and this is how old we are, we had my truck had a tape deck. And the only tape I owned was a soundtrack to Pure Country. <laughs> so we sat there and the whole trip, that's what we listened to. Because we were driving over to Ellensburg. Which you lose radio reception, so we had to listen to the tape. So, oh yeah. So and I mean it was just you so that still became do. Like, that's the weird yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. But so that's kind of you know satellite radio like, oh, it do, sucks up there. Yeah, I always if I'm going over there, I download podcasts or something to, to my phone. You have to. So I can listen to it. But so I yeah, did not that's know kind of you were into country. See, I'm now, not a I, huge country fan, but I mean I grew up rock in like you know. 80s, 90s. Because uh, ca- growing you know, up in Houston, it was right in the yeah. vein of Urban Cowboy. Yeah, my, my wife was a, is huge. It was nationwide yeah. big. My wife's huge country. She loves country. Oh, so well. that's where I kind of, I mean, but I grew up with it. I grew up out in Maple Valley. So, I mean, I grew up I've with country. I've seen so. probably every classic country artist you could imagine, with the exception of like Hank Williams. Obviously, oh, he was gone. I love Hank. But I saw, I've seen Junior. I haven't seen Junior. George but. Jones. Well, be um, Mickey Gilly. And see, I like Ronnie old. Millsap. I like old country. I like you know, Hank, Ronnie, you know that kind of stuff. Kenny, because that's what I grew up with my mom listening to. But my older brothers and sisters all listen to yeah, rock. No, the new country sucks. No, oh, yeah, it's yeah. not even country anymore. Country it's, music pretty much is what the way I figured out. It's what pop was twenty years ago. It's almost always what it is. You look at pop twenty years ago. If we had time, I could perfectly. I could literally break it down to you to where country died it, it comes down to one guy and his name is travis tritt really that's where it died i figured it would have been garth brooks no no travis was before garth yeah he was travis tritt and just in a nutshell he's the one that started that whole crossover thing 
mm-hmm. where he brought in a rock band. I think he did the Eagles. And he cut an album where it was different artists, country artists with rock bands. And it, that's where it all changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's right there. And yeah. then from then on, then you had Shania Twain, you had Garth, and you had all this stuff, and it just broke down. Yeah, Nashville completely changed. What came out of there completely changed. I mean, even George Strait did. He had yeah, a couple songs George... that were popular. I mean, he did that, what was it, the Love Bug song? Yeah. But, you know, guys like that, he that's his agent. That's his yeah. record label saying, we got to have a hit, and this is what's going on now, so you got to do this. No. It's the same thing when he did The Fireman, which is a corny song, too, no. you know. Yeah, they call me The Fireman. It's like George. No, no. Tell Go me back about to what Texas. You do. Go back to what you do. You know, the chair. Yeah. No, Sing like, something good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, even, I mean, Kenny was one that did that, too. I mean, he had the, a little bit, but not much. I mean, he did do the song that. No, the, he, and then he realized it, and he went back to his roots, and he, st- he started only selling albums online. He was like, screw it. I'm going to do it myself, because... Yeah. The record labels are telling everybody, you have to do this, yeah. or we're not going to carry you. And he said, fine. And fine, he, then don't he went me. and started recording at home or in his own studio. And cut his last three or four albums were internet only, no distribution. Well, I mean, one of my favorite songs of his is, one of the, is I Am The Greatest, which is just an amazing song. I mean, you listen to it, but it's old school. It's not the new... You know, and I like that old school sound. I love old school country. A lot of people don't know this either, but Kenny Rogers was almost single-handedly responsible for forming the Eagles. Oh. Wow. Hmm. He he discovered Don Henley in Texas. Huh. And Don Henley was in a group. Um, and Kenny Rogers produced their first album, brought him out to L.A. And, told, and then <clears throat> gave him a bunch of advice. And said, "This isn't your direction. Like this isn't your thing. You need." And I got, I know these other guys, and you guys should. And, and it was a, it was a bunch of people. He said, "You should get in touch with these people, and find your sound." And this was when Kenny was not Kenny. Kenny. This was yeah. when he was doing. Uh, you know, I just dropped in to find out what condition my condition is in and stuff. This was before Kenny became a megastar. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was, uh, and Don Henley will even say today, yeah, he was an amazing mentor and he, he sort of put the ship on course for the, for the Eagles and yeah. a few, and a bunch of other artists. Kenny was good. I mean, the one thing is I remember as a kid too, cause like I said, my mom was a huge fan, but we had, my brother loved the movie Six Pack, which was a Kenny Rogers movie. He played the, the main guy. What was, I think Brewster, he was a race car driver yep. with a bunch of like, random kids that he ends up adopting or something. I don't remember. But, I mean, my brother loved it. I was a stroker. I like stroke race, so we fight all the time um, on which movie to watch. But uh, the other one was The Gambler. Both of us. That was the one movie we both agree on. We'll watch The Gambler over and over again. Yeah, The Gambler was good. Yeah. You know, for some reason, whenever I hear race car driver, I just think of the Primus song. Yes. <laughs> yep. Jerry See, was a race car race driver. Him, right? Yeah, way to go, buddy. <laughs> nice pull out there. I yeah. saw Primus open for Rush. Oh, in I would love like to see that. Uh, 1980, I'll just say five. God, I forget they've been around that long. Who Primus? Primus. It was their it was their debut album, Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Nobody oh. had heard of. Then Jerry was a race car driver had just dropped. Yeah, that's I and, love that album. And it's funny because I don't think after them I can't remember Rush having an opening band ever again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- so talk about, a, <laughs> talk about a talented group. Oh yeah, I mean a bass player, elite man. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. They, and they have that 
because of the bass. They had that specific sound. I mean, although you I was, did you have Primus. you heard their Willy Wonka and the uh, Chocolate Factory album? No, <laughs> it is horrible. Oh, I haven't heard that one. I bought. I was so excited. I was like, "Oh, new Primus! What the is what the this? this?" Yeah, there's been a few bands that I've done that with. You're like, "What? What happened? Yeah, what happened? Like, Winona, the big, big brown beaver. It's one of my favorite songs. Crack up every time. <laughs> the, the video where they've got the, they look like the plastic cowboys. Yeah. It's <laughs> one thing I miss too is the old videos they used to have on like MTV and everything. Well, and you know what they don't have any more of either is good like all day long festivals no. the festivals mm. these days are really sanitized every band gets like four songs except for the headliner maybe gets i don't know maybe 10 yeah. or 8 i remember going to festivals i remember going to the texas jam that would and uh, i mean i was at I've, I, again i've been very very fortunate I've, i was at us festival at the right time i went to live aid in philadelphia oh wow i've been to Lollap- i was at the original Lollapalooza. Oh wow! I went to the Texas Jam. My my uncle, who's like, he's like seven years older than me. He was an oopsie daisy. Uh, he used to t- he took me to the Texas Jam, and I saw Alice Cooper and uh, oh. you know, ZZ Top and Aerosmith, and I mean, at, I was probably t- you know nine, eight or nine at that time. Uh, those were festivals. Yeah, it would start at like noon, and and the bands would do full sets and basically drag the other band off so you could get some time, and oh, it would yeah. go late into the night. Well, because I can remember the first like end fest or whatever that I went to, it started I think at like ten or eleven o'clock in the morning, right? And it was over. I know because we were afraid that we were going to miss because we needed we we, we Gotta had catch a bus. Well, the ferry, because oh, it was over in Kitsap County. Right. And we had literally, we, I think I was 15, so I didn't even have a license. So oh, you're we had, my mom dropped us off at the ferry, and we took the ferry across, and we're going to walk to the, the Kitsap County Fairgrounds. I think it was like a five or six mile walk. Yeah, hit the ride or something. We, had, we hitched a ride. With, we found a buddy like that was getting off. I'm like, hey, and he gave us a ride. Cool. And then when it ended, we were like, we mi- caught the ferry. If we'd been driving, we never would have made the ferry. But oh, since yeah. we were walk-ons, we made it like the last people on. Oh it. yeah, the line was probably you know yeah out the door. And then I know we went. People to just se- spend the night in their car and catch yeah. the first ferry. The second year we See, went. Now that's a festival. Yes, the mm-hmm. second year we went, I had a, mo- a motorcycle. So and you can get the motorcycle on. So anytime. I can get the motorcycle on anytime. But see, if you don't come away from a festival like completely drained, oh, sweaty, thirsty, hungry, bruised. Probably lost a shoe. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, shirts ripped. My hair was in dreads. It was so hot one year at the Texas By Jam. The Texas Jam was in Dallas, Texas at the Cotton Bowl, and it was so hot one year. And there was, I mean, you couldn't even get to the, forget about getting water because you couldn't get to the refreshments. It was packed in there, yeah. overpacked. And they were literally from the stage shooting fire hose water over the so crowd. So they were doing it at the end at Enfast. They were shooting fire hose. Yeah. So it was to. just a huge mud pit. Yeah, that's what it was. And becomes. like I said, my hair because at that time my hair was like halfway down my back. Right. By the time we left, my hair was in dreads. Nice. Because it was so much mud so and you were stuff like, caked. Yeah. And when my mom You hope it's mud. Yeah, you hope. Yeah. When we Because that's we the other the, thing that happens at festivals. When we got to the other side <laughs> of the ferry. They had to wait because we just we sat down at the ferry once we got on and just literally like passed out on the floor. Right, that's like, what you just want. Laid you down want people the floor to, and passed out. to like avoid you, step yeah. and then you. But you got your T-shirt on, right? So okay. they all know where you've been. Yeah. <laughs> What's the most you've ever done or had to endure to get to a show? 
besides buy a ticket and stand in line back in the day like a ticket master, but like to actually go to a show, did you ever pull moves? Did you ever lie? Did you ever... Um, Not to really get in, to get into the, the general mission, yes. But never actually just to get into the show. A lot of, there was a couple shows that I went to um, where I, I had balcony seats or whatever, and I jumped off the balcony to get down to general mission, stuff like that. <laughs> um, the only one that was really crazy, I think, and actually this, this is going to make me sound horrible, was Enfest the second year I went. My grandma's fu- funeral was that morning. So I literally went Buried to my grandma's grandma. funeral. The, then they had the service at like the church, and yeah. I just looked at my mom and said, I, you know how I don't, I don't like dealing with people in this situation? I'm out. And she's like, you're going well, to that what concert. What a better way like, to celebrate yep. her life. So we, I went and picked up my best friend, Don, and we took, you know, he was on the back of the bike. We went to you know the concert. We got there just as like I think the third band was playing, which was House of Pain. Because I can remember as we pulled up and parked, I could hear him, you know, put on your shit kickers and kick some shit. Yeah. And we got in there. It was a blast. Um, by the time we left, I my leg, I had a cracked, uh, what, fibia, I think, in my leg because I got kicked in the middle of the helmet concert, <laughs> the helmet <laughs> pit. We got on the bike. My girlfriend at the time had driven there with some friends, and she didn't know how to get back because the ferry was too, was full. So I'm like, fine, I'll go, I'll drive around so you can follow me. We went around. About the time we got close to the Narrows, I found out Don had been take, dropped acid. Oh, wow. Oh. And he's on the back of the bike. Yikes. And we're starting to go across so the bridge. So he, he thinks you're like Godzilla driving <laughs> traffic. And- we're going across the bridge, and all of a sudden he thinks his feet are on fire. He thinks that his feet have touched oh, the... Wow. And he's on fire, and my girlfriend Laura was behind us, and she said, all of a sudden she sees him start freaking out. We're going across the bridge. It's windy. And she says she sees me somehow do like a full like 180 turn and just elbow him right across the freaking side of the head. Nice. And then turn around and start riding it. She's like, I'm just like, I, you needed to calm down. <laughs> we got across the bridge. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you, you need to take him in the car because I can't have him on the back anymore. No, no, you can't have anybody like that freaking yeah. out on you. That's oh, yeah. not good. Okay. We're in church all of a sudden. But, oh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it playing? Is it Kenny playing now? Yeah, he's, mm. he's got a friend in Jesus. Yeah, he's yep. all right. But what a he friend is. we have in Jesus! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was growing up in the Baptist church, man. This was always the altar call. See, we—I grew up in a Mormon, Mormon family, and we had all the the Mormon hymns that we had to sing, and I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's some great uh, in the in the Baptist church. There's some, oh yeah, there's some killer songs. Uh, but this was definitely the uh, this was the altar call song. It was this one, and just as I am. It was either one of the two. So they would just alternate them every other week. Yeah. I, I probably sang this a million times in my life. Oh, yeah. No, I, there was a bunch of hymns, you know, because they had the hymn books and everything in it. The Mormon churches. Turn so to you page two yep. ten. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. Uh, yeah, for the like, what was it? A few months oh. we went. I did not like it. No. His sister got into like a family of. Of friends that were Mormon, so they convinced us to, because they found out I was, I grew up Mormon and that I had walked away from the church. So they convinced right. us to start going back. And I, dated like a Mormon, I dated a Mormon girl in high school for a little bit. I actually took her to the senior prom, uh, and I and the thing, the only thing that I remember most about that time was that the Mormons they had dances, mm-hmm. and did, Baptists yeah, we do. weren't allowed to dance. We we were allowed to dance, but you couldn't. You, you arms length. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, it you was, had to be arms length, and the music, and you was had lame. to be sixteen, I think. Uh, or it may yeah, have been I younger. Know about, I know uh, you weren't supposed to date till you were sixteen. 
yeah, or something. Know. But there was there was all sorts of weird rules, and I had major issues because I I had I questioned things way too much. Well, that's what we do in life. So and they don't like people that's like me that good. question. You should always that's, question. That's why we have so much fun on you know down the rabbit hole. So Sunday nights eight o'clock right here. Yep. NWCZradio.com. Yep. Shameless plug. Yes. There you go. <laughs> that's not shameless. I'm no, proud about that. We're proud of it. It's yeah, a blast. That's, that's the definition of shameless, being <laughs> proud of it. It's a blast because what we're talking, what are, well, actually, this 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 week is D.B. Cooper. Well, that would have been yesterday. Oh, yeah. So next, this, next, this upcoming week, we're not sure yet. But last no. week, we talked about D.B. Cooper. Yeah, we talked about one. the lizard people. Oh, yeah. We talked about the uh, Skinwalker sh- Ranch. Getting shirts that, you know, with the lizard people. So Yeah, that was God, good. Skinwalkers are creepy. Yeah, but did no, you, the Skinwalker. Did, did, did skinwalker your dad walk ranch. you through that? Any of that Skinwalker Ranch? Uh, not a little bit. Really? But he that wasn't was paying some bizarro attention. land right there. Yeah, that was the one I was talking to you about. That's basically like every cryptid, everything you could ever think yeah. of in one spot. I do remember you talking about that, but yeah. I've I've like listened to a lot of stories. I think they were from 4chan uh, about Skinwalkers, and yeah. like that's some creepy shit. Like Skinwalkers, Flesh Gates, um, Wendigos, just all types of crazy shit. It does sound like porn movies. (laughs) Skinwalker. 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 Flesh. What was the other one you said? Flesh? Flesh Gate. Flesh Gate. That sounds... (laughs) That does sound like a... Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Starring Debbie, uh, you know, Debbie Pearl. Let me in your Flesh Gate. (laughs) Open the Flesh Gates now, Hal. (laughs) Well, it's like I, I made the, make the joke in my comedy about clitoris being basically is a Greek word that means yeah. gatekeeper, a man with the key. So let me enter your flesh gate, woman. <laughs> yeah, it's like some British Bond porn yeah. parody or something. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to start doing I that. I walked a pussy, <laughs> and I'm the flesh gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna get bored in this, and somehow we're gonna, you know, yeah. It always, de- it always, de- it always devolves. Yeah, it devolves into something terrible. Yeah. It's like I've talked about it before. There's a movie called The Amateurs. It's got a uh, the guy from the dude. Oh, uh, the dude, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Bridges. Jeff Bridges. It's got Ted Danson plays a gay character. Like flaming, <laughs> it's hilarious. And the movie is basically about a guy who decides he wants to make money to impress his his kid. So to make money, he decides he's going to start producing porn. I feel oh, like we've talked about this before. Probably, but not with. Well, with it's Big like D. it was that uh, was Zach and Mira make a porno yeah. or whatever. Mm. But this I heard was that like one was really that. shit. It's it disgusting. Is. But the amateurs is. Fun. It's not very good. And yeah. the amateurs is actually no nudity at all. Hmm. Well, that's but, the best part about it, right? It's yeah. all, it's all the innuendos. And but it's innuendos. It's like one part, you know, where, uh, like they they decide to do a scene. I mean, they, you want to see what the crazy porn's scenes. really about? Watch Boogie Nights. Oh yeah, that. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that you'll never want to watch a porn again. No. But yeah, in the in the movie, they sit there and they basically like you know they they have a, you know the of course the two, the white girl with the the basically being trained by like three black guys. Right. <laughs> and the guys come in naked, and the <laughs> Jeff Bridges characters looks at him. He's like, "What is that? You guys are supposed to be hung. That's not porno penis." And like starts freaking out. Genitalia, small and inoffensive. <laughs> exactly, and well, it's just the movie's hilarious. It was like one of those like Sundance movies, but it's funny. So uh, what's it called? Mm-hmm. The Amateurs. I'll have to check it out. Now, yeah. uh, there was a guy. In uh, speaking of genitalia, not, I don't know why we're on this, but huh. there was a guy in the you know how in the NFL draft uh, when they do the combine, yeah. uh, the teams ask them all questions and stuff. There was some dude from the U Dub, some stud from the U Dub, mm-hmm. and one of the teams asked him if there was if there's one thing uh, about yourself that you could change, what would it be? 
his answer was a larger dick. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, they wanted honesty. I was honesty. being honest. Yeah. yeah. Like, was honesty. Is that your backup career choice? Like, is that, yeah. you know. Porn. Like, well, how big are you? What, is, yeah. like, what are you measuring against? Well, and that's the thing is when you're younger, you're, you're, you always have these dreams of being in porn and all that. And then you get older and you're like. Yeah, no. It's like my brother one time was like, I want to well, be a gynecologist. Well, the internet ruined that. Yeah. All you got to do is go look up, like, go to, Pornhub. go to, go to, yeah, go to Pornhub and look up, like, porn parodies oh, yeah. or bloopers or behind the scenes. Just Google in behind the scenes of a porn movie. You'll never, ever, no. ever want to ever be in it. Yeah, it's, it's just, like, it's gross. It's a, my older brother wanted to be disgusting. a gynecologist. And I'm like, dude, after a while looking at it all day, it's a, usually when a woman goes there, it's oh, because something's it's because wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. I know I dated a gal who used to do mammograms, and I was like, wow, you got the luckiest job in the world. She's like, no, you would not believe the boobs I see. Yeah. I was like, really? She goes, oh, yeah, hairy, flat, hairy. lopsided. Yeah, I was like, hairy. She's oh, yeah, like real hairy. And I was like, dang, I didn't. Those Sasquatch yeah. mamas coming in. <laughs> Cheer, pet. <laughs> I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Saddle on up and have a drink. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Wow. <laughs> How much time's left in this yeah. show? Uh, three minutes. Oh wow, we're getting <laughs> oh, down there. So yeah, we're getting to it. We are getting down there. <laughs> so I mean, before we go, why don't you you know talk about you know sh- shameless cl- plug? Let's. What shows do you do you have on the station? Uh, I just plug. right now I only have well I guess two. It, it's one into two. So yeah. Sunday nights, Big D show, start at six. So that's six to eight. And yeah. uh, so on that we do what's called Connect Four. It's a game we play. Everybody loves that. Yep. Uh, we also have the hot tub set. Uh, my buddy Squeeze, he's my sound man, and, and we talk about movies and, you know, just general stuff. And uh, and then you come in yep. at 8 o'clock, and we go down the rabbit hole for an hour. Man, I mean, if I don't have to get up so early on Monday, I'd just make it a two-hour show. Like, we oh, yeah. always run out of time. We do. We're always over on that. So. I mean, we're always – it's like I come in with, the, you know, there's so much to talk about. And it's like I feel like we barely scraped the surface, and it's time to shut her down. Yeah. And I, but, I feel the same way. But, so. you know, you and I talked about this. Like, we thought maybe we'd run out of material. There's no way. No. There's the, Like we, we've said, the more you keep going down the rabbit hole. It just gets deeper and deeper. Yeah, it gets deeper and deeper. And it's everything deep in here. It is. Everything leads into something else. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. You'll be looking at They're something. They're all interconnected. Like Skinwalker Ranch. We found that by, by because we were looking up, I think, the portals. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, we were yeah. looking up portals, and then Skinwalker Ranch because comes Because we out. talked about huh. the, uh, the time travel portals. Yeah. So there's just random weird... I mean, and as you're going down one, you come down, and all of a sudden, other things pop up. Yeah. So. And, and we just scratched the surface. So we, oh, yeah. we haven't even talked about the theories that everybody is, always talks about. We're, we're looking for... Random. Random, weird. the ones nobody... You know, not that many people know about. Give us some exposure. Yeah. So that's oh. what I got going on. Plus the station, Channel 1, Channel 2 nwczradio.com everybody listen we got good we got great content a lot yeah. of new stuff coming too oh yeah it's a great station um so he's playing the playing the song so less than two minutes huh uh yeah there's actually only like 50 seconds left all right perfect <laughs> hey if you want to call in and leave a message 425-348-9 oh wait i just forgot my phone okay number. biden i forgot my phone number what is it ben <laughs> What? Four two five nine four eight three zero seven five. That's the number to call, and you know, w- w- horrible voicemails. Zero zero seven two Biden. If if you want to like send us an email, it's valentine.entertain at gmail. And now, as always, recorded live at NWCZ Radio. And I'm out. So long, bitches.
I'll let that play out.